And up next, it's me, Mike Gallagher, right after Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy, and uh, well, let's get right to it. A family affair. Uh, yeah, so I want to pick up our conversation on Kavanaugh with uh, our friend David French, who is a writer at National Review, con- constitutional lawyer, best-selling author, veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. David, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I want to start with uh, some reviews from two of your colleagues at National Review, one a bit more curious than the other. Uh, Ed Whalen, who writes uh, bench memos for NRO, uh, apologizing this morning for a series of tweets he posted, essentially suggesting a a specific case of mistaken identity that may explain the allegations of Miss Blase Ford and uh, sort of insinuating a specific person, classmate of Kavanaugh's, that could have been the person that Ford to whom Ford is is uh, referring, uh, he apologized for it this morning, suggesting it was a gross error in judgment, and it seems like it was indeed a gross error in judgment. I'm very surprised that Whalen did what he did. Yeah, I'm really surprised. So, you know, just for people who don't know who Ed Whalen is, he's one of the more respected legal commentators in the United States. I mean, he's a guy, he's a Scalia clerk, um, head of the Ethics and Public Policy Center. He is a, um, uh, he writes, has a blog on National Review. He's one of the more precise and meticulous and careful people that I know. And so there was this a Politico story uh, saying that he was going to be coming out with some uh, blockbuster information. There was a lot of buzz on Twitter that he was going to be coming out with some blockbuster information. And so given that and given his reputation, I was really interested to see what he had to say. Um, and as it was unfolding, it was sort of like, uh, you know, you know these movies where uh, at this dramatic moment, uh, the person on the witness stand says, and the real killer is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The exculpatory they, moment, they, right. Yeah, and they put together you know, all these pieces of evidence. So he's putting together all these things about a house close to this, uh, close to the country club and the layout of the house. And then, oh my goodness, he identifies a person with an address, with a layout from Zillow. He identifies a person. He puts his Mm. face up there. He gives his name. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, he better absolutely positively have the goods on this or this is not good. Well, it's a defamation of he, character lawsuit, don't you think? Well, it's, it's perhaps invasion of private. I mean, it's it's, it's a lot tough. of things. And then he <laughs> says, yeah, and then he says, well, and then, but we don't know what happened. Oh. Right. And I'm, and I, it was and uh, the worst of, episode of Perry Mason ever. Yes. Yeah. It's like uh, Perry Mason ends. It, it's like the Perry Mason show ended at the first commercial break. <laughs> so. Um, Oh, I was going to move on. Just why, why do you think Christine, uh, Christine Ford uh, and her attorneys feel so empowered? I mean, she's not in charge of the U.S. Senate. So when we saw this list of demands, I thought, aren't they in charge of her? Or what's exactly going on here? Well, I think what's happening is that they are trying to create the most favorable possible uh, scenario for her testimony. So one of the things that I think Democrats took away from the Anita Hill hearing is that if you – do things in sort of the classic way where the accuser goes first and then the um, and then the accused goes second, and there's just this classic confrontation of 
you know, credibility battle between the accuser and the accused with tough questions mm-hmm. that that Clarence Thomas ended up on the court. So that that and there's a lot there's 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 this conviction amongst an awful lot of people on the left that Anita Hill was wronged. And so I think that in this circumstance, what they're wanting to do is try to make sure that the, that that never that that doesn't happen again. But the problem is, the problem is, even though this is not a a court of law where you're trying a sexual harassment case or you're trying a rape case, um, you're trying you're making a factual allegation against another person of in- extreme importance, and there's only so much that we can or should depart from you know, hundreds of years of experience and how those kinds of factual determinations or factual assertions are adjudicated. And, and what we have learned over you know, hundreds of years is the accuser goes first, states her claim, the accused responds, and then the finder of fact decides. I mean this is sort of the basic right. scenario for all kinds of cases. Uh, and and I really am troubled when people want to depart from that. And and so I feel like what we've been watching is sort of America is seeing what a lot of the arguments writ large playing out in front of them that helped create these campus kangaroo courts that have been awful on America's college campuses. And because what happens is people say – and they have this deep-burning conviction that women don't lie about these things, and so we need to create – we need to create a system, and we need to create an adjudication process that vindicates their interests as opposed to saying why we need to make sure that people are heard adequately through our systems that have existed for a very long time. And so given that, uh, should uh, what do you think Senator Grassley and Senate Judiciary Committee Republicans should do? It's Monday or never, or take it even one step further – uh, our friend and your colleague Andy McCarthy suggesting in his piece, a National Review, that uh, uh, scrap the hearing altogether, just vote on Kavanaugh now, because all this is about nothing more than trying to prevent a conservative justice from being seated on the Supreme Court. I think it's. I think here's what Grassley should do: say it's Monday. And I'm also calling Mark Judge and the other people who were present, allegedly present at the party. Um, because the one thing about the Republican position on this that has puzzled me, like I, I'm completely on board with the notion that there's been enough time for her to come forward and testify on Monday. I mean, after all, she made her complaint about this in right. July. So right. it's, this is not this is not a, uh, a recent complaint. So Monday is she's had plenty of time to prepare for this. Um but I do not agree with this notion that the other people that we know may have been there and have weighed in on this should not be subpoenaed. That, that to me, I think she has a fair point there. Yeah, well, it's interesting she would want them subpoenaed since they've refuted her version of events. Right. I think the reason why some of these guys don't want to be subpoenaed is because high school was not their best time of life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. that's right. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> but, not everybody but got the high school Amy had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there are alleged witnesses. We need to hear from them. All right. He is David French. He is writer at National Review, constitutional lawyer, best-selling author, veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. David, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. The more you-